Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with episode 7 from the PJ Archive. It's one of my earlier interviews in 1989 with the great American singer-songwriter Neil Diamond. He was then touring off the back of his album The Best Years of Our Lives. I met Neil in Dublin the morning after he'd performed a fantastic concert there and I began the interview by asking him if he was happiest performing on stage. No, I don't think it's where I'm happiest, but it's one of the areas uh, that I I have a chance to do my work. I mean, it's very satisfying. I have an audience that's uh, very open to hear the music and to see the show. So it's it's very pleasing for me. But uh, I don't think it's the happiest place in the world. It's pretty uh, intense. How do the crowds in Britain with other ones around the world, do you think? Very good. Wonderful. Mm. Are there any differences, though? Do, do you, can you tell you're in Britain rather than anywhere else? Usually not. People react to music uh, over the, around the world in pretty much the same way. Mm. You know, mm. If they like it, they'll show their appreciation, and uh, if they don't, they'll leave. But do, do you still get a big kick out of performing live or not? Yes, very much so. Yeah. Very big adrenaline rush yeah. I mean I think I need that to be able to go out on stage for a couple of hours and be able to give my all I mean what's it like then they all come to see you and all know the words to all your songs and all that sort of thing that's what I'm here for yeah I mean that's well, part of you not feel it's quite powerful really isn't it don't you think and all these people well in a very a very limited sense you know I, I feel as though I'm kind of a host yeah. And um, my obligation is to make sure that my guests are uh, going to have a pleasant evening, uh, hopefully a very enjoyable evening. Yeah. I'll do my best and do everything I possibly can to make sure that that happens. But uh, powerful, no. I, I feel very, uh, what's what's humble. the opposite? Of, humble? Well, definitely humble. Mm. I mean, I'm outnumbered. Uh, <laughs> People always have the option of leaving. I think I've carried that since my first days as a performer when you would watch the exits to make sure that you were doing okay, you know, make sure people weren't leaving. I still watch the exits. I wouldn't say it's a, there's a powerful feeling, yeah. a moral responsibility. Yeah, you've had rave reviews over here. Does that matter to you still, that you get rave reviews? Or You know, in the best of all possible worlds, you want everybody to love you all the time. It doesn't always work out that way. I've received uh, bad reviews over the years, uh, and I've received good reviews over the years, but good reviews are better. Are you ever surprised at the reaction to you and your music? I I suppose there's part of that, uh, some of that thinking involved, uh, because there's always a sense of relief when you find that the audience is responsive and happy to hear the music. It's, it's more a sense of relief than anything else. The tickets are you know, quite expensive, as they are for a lot of big, big stars like yourself. Who would you pay £25 a ticket to see? I don't usually go to concerts. It's, it's like a busman's holiday for me to go to uh, yeah. someone else's show. But... Um, Probably not too many people. A lot of people talk about the key to your success being touching all the different generations. Is that what you see it as? I don't really know. I don't really know. Hopefully uh, the audience uh, gets the message. The message is that I'm giving of myself as much as I possibly can. Uh, This is music that, for the most part, I've I've written. Uh, They're accepting that. Um, in some cases, uh, songs have become intertwined with people's lives uh, at certain points of their lives. And uh, But I, I'm not sure what the key to my success 
this bit in there. But why do you think you're touching all these different generations then? I suppose because I've been around for so long. I just. Uh, but do you, do you deliberately aim to please everyone when you're writing songs or you, and even performing them as well? Well, ideally, you'd like to make everybody happy. I mean, that's certainly uh, a nice goal, but it's it's not possible, uh, certainly not to make everybody happy at all times. I basically go by my own instincts on what pleases me and what I think will please the audience and uh, take it from there. But who, are you doing it for your audiences, your work, or are, you, or are you doing it for yourself? The writing I do for myself, uh, I have no one there to uh, tell me I'm doing it correctly or incorrectly or that I'm doing it well or poorly. So I have to use my own uh, instincts and my own judgment to tell me whether I'm uh, doing it well. So basically the writing is, is for myself. Uh, the performing is for the audience. Back to the appeal thing. Do you think maybe your rather squeaky clean, clean image is what is appealing to people? So you was quite a gentleman, I think. Well, I like to think that I'm a gentleman. My, my image is uh, very difficult for me to, uh, to understand that. It's uh, hard for me to step outside of myself and look at how people perceive me. I know I'm not perceived as uh, a raucous, uh, you know, over-the-edge, foul, uh, you know, uh, rude uh, kind of person, because that's not the kind of person I am. Whether that has something to do with uh, my success, maybe you could say that, although there are many other artists who represent an entirely different uh, point of view on life and uh, are just as successful, so I don't know if that's the reason for my success. Don't you ever wish you could step into an audience or maybe go into a shop this morning and, and say, did you see that guy last night on stage and ask a reaction to that? Yeah, I'd like to do that. Maybe do a Michael Jackson and go in disguise or something. Yeah, yeah I'll go in disguise as Michael Jackson. <laughs> Yes, there's always a secret desire to uh, to slip into a, a disguise and to go out into the audience when they're leaving the show and kind of listen and pick up on... The main ingredients of your songs are very much sort of romantic you know, fantasy sort of thing. Are you, are you trying to give your audiences dreams? Is that, are you trying to sort of create a dream for them which they can follow? Again, it, it starts with the writing and uh, so if I'm trying to create a dream, it's uh, I'm trying to create it for myself. The lyrics to the songs uh, usually come out of the music that's written. Uh, the, the music to me always dictates the mood and somehow indicates the kind of story uh, and the kind of lyrics that uh, are related to the song. So I'm as surprised as anybody else when I complete a lyric and because you never do know uh, what it's going to be about. The music dictates that, and the music, once you start it, it tends to take its own direction. I always like to think that uh, there is some hope in my music, uh, whether I'm talking about serious things or frivolous things. Uh, there always must be some hope. I think if I had any hallmark, anything that stands out in my music that I'm able to recognize anyway, there is that feeling of, of hope. But people take from it what they want to, and that's, you know, that's something that's beyond my control. A piece of music will play on the radio, and uh, a thousand people will hear it, and uh, a thousand people will have their own interpretations of it, or not. But are you all those things? Are you romantic, patriotic, introspective? Is, is that yes, you? of course. I'm, yeah. I'm a full human being, mm. just like everybody else. I have all 
those feelings. Mm. You're quite a, a romantic person yourself normally? I think so. I believe very much in the power of love, a one-on-one and toward people in general. So in, in that respect, uh, I'm romantic. So where do you all live in California? We live in Los Angeles. Right. And what kind of a lifestyle do you lead? Is it quite sort of glitzy and glamorous? Or? No, it's very quiet. I'm not really part of the movie community, which is what Los Angeles is based around. It's not so much based around the music world, which has been very good because I haven't been under any pressure to mingle or uh, become part of of that community although I have very many friends who are in the film world I don't feel any sense of obligation to constantly be out and about and meeting people Uh, my work and uh, my family are more than enough to keep me busy and they do are you very security conscious and protective of your family yes I take the usual prudent precautions Uh, uh, unfortunately my home is on the tour bus route in Los Angeles so there are always uh, buses going by and uh, stopping and uh, pointing out and uh, so I take the usual security precautions but uh, I think you have to uh, leave a certain amount to uh, trust in people and hope that uh, you're not too disillusioned how much of your life is dedicated to your work now? a lot of it when I'm at home I work pretty much like uh the average working man uh, goes off to the office in the morning. I'm a little more flexible than most people because I'm self-employed. I'm my own boss to a certain degree so that I can open up time for my kids at special times. Uh, but uh, I work when I'm home. I need to be. I need to feel productive. So I write. I work in my recording studio. I'll take care of uh, business to keep myself occupied. But as a performer, you have the kind of style and appeal which could last forever. Is that? Do you intend to, to carry on performing till you drop as it were? I'd like to be able to do that. Whether uh, people will continue to show up uh, to buy the albums and to appreciate the music, that's something that I really have very little control over. But do, you, do you think life is more exciting for you now? it was when it was young or was life more exciting in the early days in the struggling times no I think it's much better for me now my early years trying to uh, become established and to uh, make a name for myself were pretty intense I spent uh, eight years in New York trying to learn to be a writer and to establish myself as a writer and uh, I don't really want to go through that again because your album is called The Best Years of Our Lives are these the best years of your life I think so yes yeah why do you think that is because because the future still after all these years is full of hope and uh, I feel very much more uh, at ease with myself I'm happy in my family life I'm pleased with my career and uh, I think these are the best years of my life is yours one of those stories which, you know, the rough childhood giving the chap the inspiration and the determination to make it to where he is today? I don't know if I had a very rough childhood. Uh, I remember it as very uh, gentle and there was a great deal of love in our family and uh, I wouldn't consider it very rough. But those are, those are quite inspiring times nonetheless. I mean, do, do you find it as easy to write songs now that you live in relatively comfortable situations? Oh, yes. I have no problem in expressing myself through music. I've always done it. It's more uh, more of a habit now. But what provides the inspiration now? Just the desire. The, 
desire to express myself, the desire to create something beautiful, the desire to feel productive and uh, needed, and uh, that's enough to motivate me. Mm. But are there any parts of you which you can't express, which you'd really like to one day? I'm sure there are. You, as a writer, you keep digging deeper and deeper and trying to find areas that you haven't explored yet and uh, uh, constantly trying to improve your work and uh, expand it and uh, learn. Uh, one of the beautiful things about music is that it's really a never-ending uh, learning process. You can spend a lifetime doing it and, and still be learning something new every day. Are you happy with what you've achieved so far? Yes, very much so. Do you have any regrets at all about anything? I have many regrets. I would have liked to have gone to medical school. I dreamed when I was a youngster of going to medical school and then going off to Africa and opening up a clinic like Dr. Schweitzer did. So I regret not having done that. What about your fencing? My fencing, yeah, I regret uh, actually not very much about my fencing. I enjoyed it. It was a wonderful experience for me. It, uh, when did you last get hold of a sword? And, and well, the last time I got hold of a sword was at uh, the World Championships in uh, Denver this summer when oh, right. I presented the medals for the uh, and they presented a sword to me yeah. so that was you got stuck with the fencing thing from now on haven't you know, since then oh yeah but I love it yeah I, I do love it is there much else that you'd still like to achieve is, is there, are there many ambitions oh yes of course inside and outside of music basically uh, professionally uh, you know there's so many songs unwritten there's so much potential for beautiful music uh, I'd like to be able to you know reach that potential what about your acting career well first film, The Jazz Singer, wasn't uh, an enormous commercial success, so, which made it more difficult to, uh, to do the second film. Secondarily, I realized how much work went into making a film, and that I felt that if I did uh, more films, that they would have to be meaningful to me in some way, uh, in the way that The Jazz Singer was meaningful to me. And it's difficult to find uh, meaningful projects do you fancy writing one yourself, or perhaps even being the subject of one one day? Well, maybe when I'm dead and gone. But uh, who would you have play you if you had if you had the choice of saying who could play you? Well, I'd hope that it's somebody who was musical mm. and understood music. In the jazz singer, you start opposite uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier. How did you feel when you heard he died this year? I was very saddened. He was uh, kind of an inspiration to me. I remember uh, we worked together for a number of weeks on The Jazz Singer, and uh, as being my first film, everything was new to me, and uh, he made me feel as though I could ask him at any time whatever I felt, whatever I had questions about or was uncertain about, and uh, I did take advantage of that on a number of occasions. Also, he was able to... Uh, deal with his work uh, and when he was finished he was able to leave it behind when I finished filming at six each day uh, I would have to be uh, driven home and would, would come into the house and fall into bed and you know dead sleep and sleep until the next morning uh, on the other hand uh, Olivier would finish his day and go back to his hotel and, and do laps in the swimming pool and then go out have dinner with friends. He was in his 70s then. Mm. So uh, I learned some lessons on, you know, preservation of mm. strength. And, you know, uh, I was an empty vessel.
rehearsal and he was still ready to you know to socialize and to maybe he's more extroverted than I was mm. uh, talking of the health and fitness thing how how, uh, how much into keep fitter are you because you're very energetic on stage and stuff like that presuming you need to keep quite fit well I, I suppose I do and I'd like to I'd like to find uh, some exercise regimen that I could do regularly but I don't have it basically the only real physical exercise I get is when I'm singing either in the recording studio or when I'm writing or on stage you're not playing much sport or anything like that no very little just an armchair viewer yes Mm. I like to I like to watch sports how much care do you take of your appearance because obviously you're still a major heartthrob I suppose there's a certain amount of vanity that we all have but uh, I don't uh, I don't think I'm spending too much time on that but do you worry about getting older and no I worry about not getting older (laughs) I worry about not getting old you know the alternative is uh, kind of dismal Uh, I'd like to be able to gracefully on that front if you look back to the early days when you first started out maybe TV clips are shown to you sometimes do you sort of cringe sometimes uh, I suppose there's a certain amount of that uh, I don't like to uh, look back too often I haven't I haven't seen very many of my old performances uh, when I have to I do you know for certain reasons occasionally I have to look at these things the tapes and the films of performances and the recordings are really be more of interest to my kids and my grandchildren than they are to me. Isn't it kind of uh, heartbreaking though when you do all this new material and yet and you go in the concert like last night and they're just screaming for the old stuff? It doesn't no, not at all. I'm uh, happy that that's still accepted. That's uh, something I never expected. So I'm very pleased with that. And uh, the songs hold up. I do them because there's still a validity to them in one way or another. I must ask you about Princess Diana. Well, I. I did a performance for uh, Prince Charles and uh, Princess Diana a number of years ago for the uh, Princess Trust. I was invited uh, to the White House for a very spectacular evening uh, by Prince Charles and Princess Diana. And I understand that she'll be coming to one of the shows in London. Um, Do you know her at all, though? Just to briefly chat and... But Americans are very fond of our royalty. Are you similarly entranced by them? You can't help but be entranced by uh, Princess Diana. She's spectacularly beautiful and very charming. And, uh, you know, I think everyone that's met her personally falls in love with her a little bit. So you are too. Including myself. Do you feel very American? I feel American, but I also feel part of a larger world. I've traveled quite a bit. Uh, it's very easy to see that people all over the world have the same concerns and uh, the same uh, aspirations uh, for themselves and for their children and uh, very much the same problems and that they have to overcome. So uh, I think of myself as a citizen of the world. I love my country. Uh, I don't see it as a, a perfect country by any means. But I do love it for the opportunity that it's given me. I feel a very strong simpatico with people question. beyond boundaries. Last question. We hear a lot about the American dream. What's your dream? Well, my dream is uh, is being fulfilled right now. Uh, I can go on stage and uh, face an appreciative and uh, sometimes loving audience. 
I can write music and record it in my own way myself and uh, it's accepted out there in the world um, this is my dream as far as myself and my work is concerned and uh, also I think uh, I've finally been able to be successful as a as a person as a human being as a father as a husband as a friend uh, although I have a way to go in all of these areas to a large extent my dream is waking up in the morning and, and facing the day as myself as a person and being accepted for that